This is the Two Guys Being Dudes podcast with your host, Jared Camden and Jason Adams. Two average guys just being dudes. From MMA to golf, from Big Brother to Fargo, from Fireball to Pappy, they talk it all. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Welcome back. Sunday, October 22nd. Jason, the Cubs are dead. That is the worst opening line ever uttered on this podcast. I can tell you that right now. I'm not Just a happy. little behind, behind the scenes for everybody. We kind of talked about before what we're going to talk about. I kind of said, hey, we might bring up the Cubs and just had it all, had the gun loaded and ready to go. So how, to, to where you at emotionally? If everybody knows Jason moves to Chicago this year, season ticket holder, gets to go to all the games. This is the, the biggest investment you've ever had into a Cubs team. When you go 162 and what, they played eight more games than that? Wait, seven to 12 more games on top of that. Right. Was the investment this way, was it way deeper? Like, do you feel like this was your team because you sat through so many of the innings where things went wrong or things went right? It's kind of a catch-22 because – I knew more about this team than probably just about any Cubs team I've ever followed. Right. Cause okay. I went to, I counted it up, only went to about 35 regular season games and then every postseason game. So, Which is 35 is a remarkable amount. Yeah. 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 I Especially missed, with the amount of day games the Cubs play too. Right. I missed uh, a few in those last few weeks, which I was kind of bummed about when I had to run down to Florida. So that kind of sucked, but but yeah, so this is that weird case where uh, I'm kind of familiar with, you know, the third hitter that should be coming in in the DH slot, you know, as we're doing a pitcher rotation. I know, you know, Listella's numbers and I know all that. Whereas before I was a pretty big Cubs fan, knew it really well. I used to listen uh, back when I worked a real job. I used to listen to the Cubs no matter what in the afternoon uh, on radio. You know, I bought that uh, MLB radio thing. So I could listen yeah. to every game. So I listened to every game, but you know, it was just noise in the background a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. So yeah, this was, this was tough. It was still awesome, right? I'm never going to sit here and say going to the NLCS uh, is a disappointing year for the Cubs. Um, it, to me, what really stood out was how good LA is. Uh, mm. And it also showed exactly what I thought was going to be the issue all year was our bullpen support was, uh, horrible. Uh, and we had a horrible time for our bats to go silent. So, mm. but overall awesome season when it traded in, uh, you know, of, of the 40 years of Cubs seasons I followed, uh, there was only one better in my book and it happened to be last year. So, well, and, and you got to see a lot of the celebration of the championship. So yeah. this year was kind of like, I mean, it's just a cherry on top that you guys even played baseball. You know, it, the Cubs going to take a year off. And I think Cubs fans would have been like, cool, man, we can, we can hang with this. What was kind of funny was at the very end of that last Dodgers game, if anybody watched it, it was a literal beat down. I think it was yes. 11 to one by the third inning. I think I want to say third, maybe the fourth inning we were reviewing contracts for next year. <laughs> we oh, were going okay. through saying, okay, who's coming in? Who's not? Who do we have? What can we trade? So when you're sitting in the ballpark, my cousin and I are scrolling through, looking at when arbitration starts for certain players. Uh, 
it was kind of a way at least to transition. We were hoping that the last game that we see in Wrigley this year would be a victory like it was last year. Uh, It'd been okay if they had gone to L.A. and got beat. But I'll tell you, the mood in that stadium, I don't think anyone really expected the Cubs to win that game. I think the players didn't even look like they were ready to win the game. I think the players were like, you know what? We had a good run. Why fly all the way out to L.A., (laughs) you know, and get beat? So it sucked. But at the end of the day, it was a great season. Uh, It's weird because I'm transitioning hard back now into football. Which last yeah. year, yeah, last year I didn't, right? Because last year the World Series carried on. It wasn't until yeah. probably three games left in the Buckeye season that I even became kind of aware of of the uh, challenges the Buckeyes were facing at that point. So now it's kind of like, all right. And it was nice because it ended, baseball ended, and then the Buckeyes had a bye week, which was really nice because I could chill out. I could do uh, some fun parlaying of a few bets uh yesterday on some games that i just kind of thought would be fun uh, which i haven't done all season uh and then we get a focus on the buckeyes and i think we may have mentioned it before but because my cubs didn't quite make it to the world series i am then forced and this is such a sad sad thing i'm forced to spend my birthday in columbus watching the ohio state buckeyes play penn state I was really rooting for the Cubs. I wanted to keep your uh, your likes out of the city. So yeah, it's probably a good. Thing. <laughs> uh, one last thing on the Cubs before we move over to this Ohio State Penn State game. Um, I worked for like a couple hours trying to make uh, the picture from Boys in the Hood, where he's like, "Y'all want to see a dead body?" And I was gonna put like the Cubs emblem and like send it to you. And like I finished it and everything, and I was like, "This thing is." It was my Mona Lisa. Like it was perfect. Right. I couldn't send it to you. I just couldn't send it to you. Thank no, you. I was just like, I, I couldn't think of a day to send it to you. Like, I'm like, there has to be like some hour. There has to be, you know, you can't just send something like that. We have a good friendship. Right. There's certain things I just can't do. It's too soon. And I feel like still, if I sent it even after this, it'd be too, I deleted it. Yeah, I got that, rid of it. That's a good move. It's still yeah, too soon. I was like, it was gold. I <laughs> actually, I, I showed you earlier uh, for everybody for, um, just to let you know, I own a Los Angeles Dodgers hat too. Cause you know, screw it. I'll do whatever I want as a fan. But, um. I sent that to Mike Mem, and I was like, always, uh, Boy Scouts, always be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. a, you know, it's funny. I have to tell you a, a weird story. At the end of the, the game, typically, if you've ever left Wrigley at the end of a game, it's usually fairly busy. It takes, uh, from our seats, it takes us like 15 minutes to get out of the stadium. Nope. Yeah. Not this time. Talking about an empty stadium. <laughs> we just strolled what, right out. <laughs> it was what fun. inning did it start emptying out at? Uh, six. Six. That's yeah. what I figured. Yeah, six inning after our bat, and then no, I take that back. It was after the seventh inning stretch because uh, Dave uh, David Ross sang uh, take uh, uh, oh sang, take me out to, yeah. take me out to the ballpark. Yeah, so yeah, that was it. But yeah, let's talk about Buckeye football. There's nothing exciting going on next weekend, I believe, right? <laughs> so it's officially number two against number six, correct? Yeah. Nothing's so all year, all year we've we've been the Buckeyes can't get back in. Right. Uh, they win this game, they're in, right? Not necessarily. But they're, if they win, if they win out, they're in. Yeah, they'd have to beat that powerhouse champion of Wisconsin, who is playing that very stellar schedule. They'll have to beat that. They'll have to beat Wisconsin. It appears, uh, whoever it is, whether it's Penn State or Ohio State, is going to have to beat because I I can't see Wisconsin stumbling against any of the games. They play Michigan, I think, left, but. 
But yeah, well, as I've been preaching all year, I, I still think Michigan's overrated, and that was definitely proven this weekend. Uh, so I, I think if the Buckeyes win out and then were to beat a overrated Wisconsin team, I don't know how you wouldn't put them in. And the same, yeah. I think, holds true with Penn State. Penn State at that point would be undefeated. There's an argument that if Penn State's undefeated and gets beat in a close game against Wisconsin, Wisconsin at that point would probably be ranked four or five um, because I can't see them falling tremendously being undefeated. So yeah. you would, might say that you could take Penn State over. I don't know. That goes back to the same thing that happened when we went over yeah. Penn State last year. Exactly. Uh, or even four years or two, three years ago when we won, we went over an undefeated TCU team, something weird like that. TCU didn't have that did, playoff then. Remember, they didn't have a playoff game, so we had one extra game. And or was it? Or was it? No, it was the Big Twelve that didn't have the playoff game, and we we jumped one of the. Anyways, we gives a shit. We won the title. So, um, so let's just go ahead and get into what. Let's get in the meat of everything going on here. The jerseys. We, we and you have had a few texts back and forth with Dr. Mike Mim in there as well. Um, you've gotten some more time to digest the jerseys. We haven't seen them in light. So these jerseys always have this look because they do them in a dark room and a JT Barrett throwing the ball. But we need to see them like in the stadium under the lights. But what is your uh, – out of 10, and give me some reasons why, what is your feelings on the jerseys right now? Well, I think in our exchange of messages back and forth, I think I rated it like a 4.3 maybe. Uh, that's not out of 10 everybody that is out of 10 yeah and and listen i like alternate uniforms i'm not one of these guys that says the buckeyes have to wear scarlet and gray single stripe every time one of my favorite uniforms of course is stormtrooper uniform absolutely one of my favorites Uh, the goat yeah uh so so i'm not that guy i'm not the guy that says i'm tradition 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 i just don't like the color scheme because it's to me it's very bland at least like you said at least the pictures that we've seen so far I don't get the helmet. I can't tell. I've seen a bunch of pictures of comparing the helmet to either a U-boat or a bomber uh, of the like a digital type camouflage kind of thing. I think we had the discussion, was it a tiger stripe or camo? I don't know what it is. Uh, I'm sure. It's a wave. It's a wave. Okay. so It's a wave more than anything else. I, I honestly, of... All the alternate, like even last year when they went with the Chick Harley throwback stripes, I thought those were going to be awful. But actually, on the field, they looked pretty sharp. They weren't my favorite. But they missed, they missed one big part. Yeah, yeah. you don't have the the numbers are on the jersey, so the officials can call penalties and the announcers up top can see their numbers. That's the only reason players wear numbers. Right. The numbers on the front of the uniform should have been on the heart of the or the breast part, so the the lines weren't touched on the front. And then you put extra with the red, you put the black numbers up top so everybody can see exactly who you are. I think that would have really made them look better. I saw something that I never, it was online somewhere, and I don't know if you saw this, and I forget the school. I wish I knew what it was. But it was an all-white jersey with an all-white number with a red outline. The officials went over to the bench and said there's not enough contrast in the numbers, and they charged them a timeout for every quarter that they wore those jerseys. Yeah, I've seen that. Okay, I've never seen that before. So it was an, a jersey that wasn't approved by the officials. So it yeah. seems like you would ask the officials, because uh, even in these gray ones we have, it's gray and gray. I yeah. mean, I'm sure somebody at Ohio State was smart enough to take it to an official and say, hey, is this going to pass? But uh, to me personally, 
I'm not a fan. I hold reserve because I do agree with what you're saying that once they're on the field, I could get a different feeling about it. Well, the big thing me and you go uh, different on is I actually really do like the helmet. Um, it because it, it doesn't have anything to it. It's it's a color. There's not like oh my god, we're gonna put Brutus on the side of it. Nothing anything like that. Um, and I like the socks for me. So I out of ten, I've given it a six point two. That is low though. Like yeah. I. Like even the blacks, at least last year, I would, I would think I was like, or probably like a six eight. I wasn't a big fan of them wearing black, but it's like we're playing Penn State. Let's just leave it alone. Well, let's like here you go. We look badass playing against Penn State. And how about this? Just wear the damn red or the damn scarlet jerseys with the num- the black numbers up top. They're the goat. They're yeah. the best badass looking jerseys. Absolutely, absolutely. Here, here, just for your your uh, uh, additional information. 11 Warriors, 3,500 people polled on the uniforms. Yeah. 10% love it. 37% hate it. 26% meh. And 28% need to see it live. So even there, they have, I think everybody's kind of saying, I, I, I'm not sure. I personally don't like what I've seen so far. Uh, but here's the other thing. They say it's a huge recruiting tool, right? So does it really the matter what I go crazy. Right. The recruits did go crazy. Right. I will admit that. I, right. I have to give that up. The recruits went crazy. So what, what's the, what do I care, right? If that means that some kid that's a five-star athlete now comes to us because he thought that was cool and I didn't think it was cool, guess what? My opinion doesn't matter. So good for them. All right, let's get to the secondary part of this game, the actual game. <laughs> see the now that we know how we're going to look. Yeah, I saw the line. Were you shocked? I was very shocked. So for you that don't know, uh, Ohio State is favored by seven. Seven. Uh, we we are number six and they are number two, and we are we have problems when we play Penn State. And so, they played last night. Penn State did, and they destroyed. Uh, I forget what was ranked Michigan at that point. Oh, I have no idea. They, were, they had to be in the teens. Yeah, teens. For I think sure. they were sixteenth yeah. ranked Michigan. They destroyed them. Destroyed them. Destroyed them. And in my eyes. Penn State looked really good. Not Michigan looked bad, but I thought Penn State looked really good in that game. I think um, the rushing attack is going to be formidable. Our linebackers are going to have a hell of a time, and I'm really concerned about the freaking six foot seven tight end. Tight end, he's amazing. Ugh, he's amazing, man. Yeah, he's catching a touchdown. Oh yeah, yeah. Like yeah. our whole hope has to be that he doesn't catch two touchdowns. Like that's that's how I'm going into it. Um. A week off is always a blessing. Yep. I mean, we were going down with injuries in that last game where we won like 200 to nothing. Um, and Penn State, it was an easy game for them, but they did get beat up. The, Michigan might not be the most talented team right now, but they hit. And the, yeah, they're, so they're coming off that game, coming to our house, night game. I still see it coming down to last possessions. This game's going into the fourth, in my opinion. And I still think it's been a while for us. We It's going to be a game-winning field goal for us. Wow. Haven't heard that in a long time. 31-28 Ohio State. Wow. Not covering. Huh. No, no cover. No uh-huh. cover at all. Interesting. And uh-huh. Barkley's going to get loose. Like, there's just – there's going to be – like we've said on this spot a few times, there's going to be three or four plays where that guy just gets loose and there's nothing you can do about it. So you said 31-27? 58 points total? 28. 28. Tie game going into our last drive. Okay. Wow. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm scared, uh, and I will admit it. I don't like this matchup for us. Um, I, I do 
like the idea that we had the week off. Yes. Um, our offense should be full of confidence after beating up on everybody uh, for the last five weeks. Uh, so that should give them quite an amount of confidence. I get concerned if it becomes a shootout because I think they have the ability to limit our weapons more than we have the ability to limit their weapons. And my biggest concern is, unfortunately, special teams. Because you went with a field goal to win the game. Yeah. And I'm not quite feeling that. I think Penn State comes into Columbus and wins by six. What and what do you think the score is? So my score at that point is thirty-four twenty-eight. So all right, um, wow, not happy about even, this. even with the even with the Adams bump with you being in town. Yeah, well, that's why I'm worried about it. I think it's. Uh, I'll be honest. Uh, my uh, streak of games at night in major situations isn't the greatest. <laughs> Uh, so I just have a strange feeling. Sometimes you just look oh at it. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Like I skipped Oklahoma. We lost that. Right. We played Michigan state at night and lost. Right. Oh no. We have a really bad, like last time we played Penn state, it was at night. Yeah. You're right. And we lost. Yes. I uh, see. Exactly. So the number's going to come back to us. Uh, I hope so. I, listen, I, we're just giving our picks. It's not of course what I want. What I, you know, I, I'm coming to Columbus. I have all expectations to hear Gus Johnson, screaming about the domination the Buckeyes had and how they can't get us out of the tournament now and blah, 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 blah. But sometimes you just look at a team and you think they're destined. And the way that Penn State team's playing, damn. And listen, I'm going to be thrilled to death if we win that game by a point. And I would be all over taking Penn State plus seven. Oh, my God. I'd play all my money on that. But I can't bet right now. So. I actually had the guy that I made my sweet little bet with yesterday uh, yeah. uh, hit me up on Facebook today and asked me if I wanted to double down and take my Buckeyes against Penn State. No and, way. And I said, I no, just go ahead and send me that bottle and we'll call it even. <laughs> you, you'd be betting on your Bears. I told you early you in the season on this pod. I was like, I actually like this Bears team. The 10 God leading them to a win today by throwing four complete passes. I love the Bears. I they, love the Bears. At one point, they weren't uh, three and out. Five times in a row. Good. They had 22 plays for a total of 12 yards. Yes. They had, they were up 14, nothing without having an offensive yard. (laughs) See right there. You're wearing the other team out by making their offense run too many plays. That's fucking smart. That's smart smart football. Smart. Yep. That's the key was to keep kicking to them because they would keep dropping it and fumbling it. You did see the owl. Mr. Samuel dropped that ball, which the Bears yeah. scored on. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Bears are having a nice little run. I think Doctor Mem has uh, a nice bet with uh, plus or minus. I think he took the over on five and a half wins. I have that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah I have them. I, I bet against the Giants. I guess so. I'm going to win that one easily. I don't think the Giants are going to win today. It'll be still over. And then uh, I've got New Orleans under eight. That one could come back to bite me. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is yeah, this but, is how crazy I am. I refuse to pull out any of my Bears gear, like because they're playing pretty well, and I'm not going to be the hop on kind of guy. So I just switched. I gone straight to my Buckeye stuff now. But trust me, every time I look in the closet and see that orange Jay Cutler jersey sitting there, I just keep thinking, grab it, grab it. But I'm not going to do it. I'll let the ghost sleep. I got a a good one for you here. So I uh, 
I spent the weekend in Yellow Springs, uh, spent some time with a, a dedicated listener to the pod, uh, Paul. Um, I know him because he used to own Kickstand, and uh, he works for Yellow Springs Brewery. So go out there. They were uh, launching two new beers. Um, it was amazing. Really good stuff. And uh, I'm staying in his guest room, and I'm get going through my bag, and I look up, and it's the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, my God, I'm just going to take a photo. And then even when I looked at the photo, I'm like, God, this is devastating. He has a, like, official, like, stitched Cleveland Browns uniform, Trent Richardson. <laughs> Like folded up nicely, like sitting there. And I'm like, dude, that should be a cloth to like clean the toilet. Like that jersey, you just got to give up on. So I like made a comment to him and he gave me like the, ah, I fucking know, man. Like, what are you going to do about it? But I was like, out of all the teams on this planet to have a uniform to see, I was like, who would the Bengals person be? Or like, who would the Bears person be to have that uniform? And I'm like looking right at every Browns fan would be like, I wouldn't want a Trent Rich or Trent Richardson. I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Dude. Yeah. Oh, How many hilarious. games did he play for them? He played a season, and they a traded him season? in the second season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That was their first-round draft pick? To the Colts that turned into Johnny Manziel. Ah, brilliant. Yeah, so Browns got a first-round pick and couldn't wait to burn it. So <laughs> nice. genius play by them. Wow. No, it's – uh, yeah, I feel bad for Browns fans. I do, because to me, what I the one thing I give Cleveland credit for is as much as I banged on them for being – hop fair weather fans on the Indians. Most of the people I know that are Browns fans have been Browns fans for a very long time. And they're usually pretty they're consistent. fucking idiots. <laughs> it's it, fucking stupid. It's psychotic. Like I said, I dropped all my teams cause I had a fun conversation with the guy and he was like, if you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over, what is that? It's psychotic. Sure. Like being a Buckeyes. I always say, I can't believe being a big 10 fan and not being Penn state, or even Ohio State and Michigan, like even Wisconsin, like Wisconsin gets nothing done. They don't win any championships. Right. To to be a Browns fan, every single week, you, even the announcers calling the game today were like, "Fuck!" Like here we go. We gotta try to act like something. They benched their quarterback again in the game. They benched him like three games ago. Started Hulk Hogan or whatever that Kevin Hogan. Kevin Hogan like got hurt, I guess. So this week they started their young kid again, Kaiser, and then he threw like two picks, and they benched him again, and then brought in Cody Kessler. And I'm like, what? Like, and the, the, my favorite thing is is the trashy shots they give into the stands of Browns fans that are just dying. Like, yeah. can't believe they're. Like, why are people? Don't go to the games. Don't be a Browns fan. Like, you can be diehard. You can be whatever you want. Hey, I won't lie to you. If the Browns are good, I'm going to watch the games. I'm going to root for them because they used to be my favorite team. I'm not wearing their gear anymore. I'm not doing any of that shit. I just don't understand why people think that they're measured by how much they love the team. I mean, that's how I used to feel. I was like, people have to know how much I love the Browns. And that's just psychotic. It's so stupid. So uh, I don't feel bad for Browns fans at all. I hope, I hope, I hope, you know what? I hope the Browns go 0-15 go into the last game and then win it and somehow like screws them out of a draft pick. And these fans are all like, Oh shit. Like they can't even lose. Right. I swear to God. They they have ruined Kaiser for his career. He's, he's lost. Yeah. He's lost. They already did it. And it, it took no time. Do you know Hugh Jackson? Right. Since the Browns quote unquote reloaded or rebooted, they're one in 22. 
Hmm. You know how hard it is harder to go one and twenty two than go twenty two and one. I guarantee fucking tee that. Don't hmm. do. Would you agree with that? In the NFL, it is harder to go one and twenty two than it goes to twenty two and one. That I mean, I don't agree with that. I don't think either one of them are. I mean, because I think twenty two and one in the NFL is fucking hard. So if you were to say one and twenty two versus uh, twelve and twelve. Sure, I'd agree with that. I think it's much harder to go one and twenty-two than it is to go twelve and twelve. Okay, just, well, it it's mathematically impossible for the Browns still to be bad. Well, given it's, all the about, oh, I got, opportunities, I, I, here, right? Here's the way: it is harder to be the Browns than it is to be the Patriots because it's harder to lose when the draft is set up for you to win. The draft is built for losing teams to get the best players so they can build for the future. The Browns have fallen flat on their face since they came back in, whatever, 2001, I think. They have, I mean, they've been in the playoffs. I think they won a playoff game against the Steelers, maybe. Back, I think it was Tim, Tim Couch or, I don't know. But uh, to, it is harder to be bad than it is to be as good as the Patriots are. I truly believe that. Hmm. No, I'd be interested I could be in what the uh, general consensus is on that. I don't think so. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, unfortunately, not being a, a Patriots fan, I think it's very, very hard to be the Patriots. But in that time period, there's no other team like the Browns. Yeah, but in order like to be the, in order to be the Browns, all you have to do is be stupid, over and over and over. But even that's so hard. These other teams have like runs in them. The mm-hmm. Lions get somebody good, and they you know they make runs, and uh, the Raiders have been bad, but now the Raiders have a run in them. Uh, the 49ers have had some tough times, but they were the fucking 49ers. They've, they've never thrown a season away. The Browns every single year have thrown their season away. Mm-hmm. I can't name the last time. was a, a, The last time I think the Browns played an important game was week 17 in 2010. And it was when the Colts were throwing their game against the Titans and the Titans made the playoffs with the Browns. I don't think they've played an important game since. Huh. Yeah. I do have to admit, though, there's some bit of satisfaction that's to be had when you're a longtime rooter of the same organization over and over and over, even when they're shitty. So when they finally get good, it's nice. I can say that as being a Cubs fan for such a long time. As a Browns fan, I could see not abandoning the Browns. Not everybody has the ability to have multiple teams' hats in their closet and pull out whichever one is winning at the point. There's a lot of us that think that is a... uh, uh, a non-sports way to follow teams. Like I don't, I'm not a fan of fair weather fans. It's I'm not like, even fair weather. I don't, no, I, I've, have I ever claimed to be a Dodgers fan or a Red Sox no, fan? No, no. I wear the hats cause they but match and look dope. With, <laughs> yeah. Well, Hey, I'm a Cubs fan. I root for the Cubs. I can name over five players on the Cubs team. Right. Right. That's to me. I'm a fan of the team. I can't name other baseball players. I don't know what the hell else is going on in baseball. I'm just saying to me, it's stupid like, I'm so relieved that I'm not a Browns fan. And when they do win it or whatever, I'll be like, man, that was a lot of hard times back in the past. I'm glad they finally, like, touched the top. Sure. You're not going to catch me dead wearing their shit, though. <laughs> their, their uniforms are ugly. Their fans are ugly. The part of the city they're in is ugly. Other than that, Cleveland's really beautiful. The stadium is a joke. The stadium should be bulldozed, pushed into the water. It is, the, it is, the, it is cement with orange seats. They don't celebrate anything of the Browns' history. Once again, hey, Browns fans, buy a 40-foot statue and put it up of Jim Brown. Right. 
Jim Brown is the greatest football player of all time. They act like he didn't even happen. Once again, I love firefighters. They have a huge firefighter thing out front, which is cool. I mean, it looks cool, I guess. But it's like, hey, put a life, just a huge Jim Brown thing and be like, you know what? We're going to always like remember what we were and we're going to strive to be as good. People don't remember the Browns have actually won eight titles. It was just way back in the day. I mean, the last one was 1964, but they were the they were the best team in 1940. They won six straight from 44 to 50 hmm. in the AAFL. Otto Graham, son. Wow. Do some knowledge on that. Uh, you so, were teaching actually, me a thousand things that I really never had any idea about. Oh, dude. You, everybody on here, if you are a football fan, look up Marion Motley. He was the running back for the Browns. Holy shit. This dude could have played today. He was so big. He just ran through people. Like, he was the reason the Browns won, but they said it was Otto Graham. So, wow. That was, I just went deep diving in Browns history there. I apologize. Clearly, I'm not a fan. Clearly. Yeah. Clearly you're not a fan. Huh. I, I, was, I was rooting for the Titans all day. I thought it was hilarious watching the Browns mess up. Hilarious. Nine to six, 12 to nine, whatever that game was. That's fucking terrible. <laughs> all right. So, what else is going on? Let's get off the Browns. Basketball started. Oh, doggy. Have you seen everything that's happened? Yeah. It's, it's nutballs. It's been rolling. Uh, well, we got to talk about Gordon Hayward. Yeah. That was unbelievable. Yeah. I maybe, I, I, for you guys that don't know, Gordon Hayward, he didn't break his leg. He broke his ankle. Yeah. And then his fractured his tibia. Something like that. I'm not a doctor, so I, I think that's what it is. But, um, so Jason's at the Cubs game. Mike was watching something else, and I just started texting you guys in all caps. Oh my God, Gordon Hayward just broke his leg. Um, I was watching it because I was watching the, I think the Cubs on the TV, and the other game was on my computer. Like I had to stand up and walk around the room. Yeah, I was, was like Celtics Cavs. Celtic, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I was like leaning against, like, oh, I was messed up, man. Like, oh, and I like, was, how, I was 100% certain you were bullshitting me. I turned to my oh. cousin and I go, Look at this. He's trying to get my attention away from this game. And, and I showed him it. And then, because you hit it. And then, of course, the way to figure out if it was bullshit or not was pull up Twitter. Twitter. And the entire Twitterverse was going on fire saying it was the most disgusting thing they'd ever seen. Oh, my God, dude. And the call, like Kevin. Uh, oh, shit. Harlan. Yeah, Carl, Harlan. Harlan, yeah. Hey, he has broken his leg. He has broken his leg. He has broken it. I'm like, dude, I fucking saw it. Like, I know, man. Like, but he, you could tell he, even he was in shock. Right. The gif of the, how the, the calves bench reacts. Mm -hmm. But here's what I don't understand about human beings. He yelled, he screamed, and then he was just like, cool. Like, I broke my leg. Right. Is that just endorphins taking yes. over? Like, what happened there? Yes. Absolutely. Endorphins That's taking insane. Over. Yeah. Well, what made me the most mad, though, and this is a, actually a pretty good tangent for me to get on, the sideline reporter they had at the game. I didn't say it. They, they, oh, they kick it to her. I've never seen her before. And she's like, oh, thanks, Kevin. Um, I just spoke to the training staff. It's an undisclosed injury, and they have him in the locker room for further evaluation. They're going to move him to the other locker room for possible x-rays. Hmm. Who? What? shut up. Just talk like a real human being and be like, Hey, we all saw what happened. It was gruesome. I talked to the team doctors. Clearly they're going to have, it's going to take a while to get more information. She's talking like a robot on a press release. 
I can't stand sideline. Re- Why do we have? Can you give me any reason to have a sideline reporter? Oh yeah. Why? One. Give me one thing they can find out. Can't think of her name. <laughs> oh, you're talking about LaForce? Yeah, Ali LaForce. Oh. Well, let's, let's get the good-looking girl part of it out of the way because oh, let's okay. just be honest. Oh. A lot of them are good-looking girls. Women, sorry. Um, the point I'm trying to make here is that it's 2017, allegedly, and we have all this technology where the teams just give out press releases during the game. So let's just say the Bears are playing the Browns and there's an injury. The Bears are going to release it to the NFL, and then the NFL is going to ha- be like, we understand this injury. You can now put it on your Twitter. So maybe you take the sideline rep- The only thing a sideline reporter can tell you is if it's raining. <laughs> Like, you're like, it's raining. Back in the day when the sideline reporter was invented, it was so they had inside access of what was going on on the bench because there's no other way to get it. So they could overhear things that were going on. Now, in this day and age, when somebody gets a CTE head hit, they go into some blue tent and you don't see them. And then it just goes online. Nobody's going to give away information. Number one way to say it, look at hockey. In hockey, all you have to say is they have an upper injury or a lower body injury. You don't have to go any further into that. So I think what would be better is if you had that person squared off into a room that could also talk about things that are going on on Twitter or also how, you know, what is the vibe of this game outside of what's going on just on the field? Everything inside the stadium is owned. Let's just take the NFL uh, by itself. Everything that happens and everything that's going to be said or released that a sideline reporter can get, the NFL already has control of all that. It's boring. Right. I watch, so when I'm watching football every single day, I have Twitter up. I'm refreshing Twitter constantly just to see the funny things that are people are saying about other games that are going on. Like Jay Cutler. They're going to make fun of Jay Cutler. I want some of that. Right. So I just think the day and age of the, the pretty girl sideline reporter that's given me no information at all. And when they interview the coaches going into half, it's like, hey, coach, how'd you feel about your team? What are you going to do to get ready? They give the same canned answers every single time. I think it's just such a waste of time for them to be down there. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I kind of see the uh, uh, the old school, you know, sideline reporter, Craig Sager, you know, and those kind of things like in basketball. I loved it when he would do it. But he was more of a personality. kind of just went for that. But you're yeah. right. You get no information. You're right. Twitter, the world, I mean, fans are seeing exactly what's going on and, and putting it in the dead. Uh, much more accurately and much more representative of what's really going on than what some sideline reporters being told by the NFL to tell you. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, what could you do? But uh, back to the Gordon yeah. Hayward. How did we get there after Gordon Hayward? Man, I went on a, I went on a trans, transatlantic trip there. My bad. Yeah. No, I just was curious that I, after all that was over, of course, I didn't get to see any of it. So, of course, you know, when I got back trying to go through, uh, see the footage of what actually happened. It's a shame because that Boston team ha- had a lot of ability. Still does. Still a good team. And I think they're saying he's only probably out four to six weeks. Is that what it he's is? He's done. Is he done? Yeah. His, whatever he had with his leg, like the ankle they can fix, whatever. Something happened in the leg and they're like, there's going to be, it's just, it'd be too much to try to bring him back is what they were saying. Okay. From what I was reading, I could be completely wrong. This podcast is not based on facts. So. Right, right. Yeah, I think everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. So, but how about the uh, embrace of Kyrie at the end of the game? I mean, uh, what's LeBron going to do? LeBron subtweets. LeBron doesn't show his true feelings on the court. LeBron shows you what he want. He thinks you want to see. 
Right. So LeBron's not going to do anything like to think, ruin his quote unquote brand. Do you think the fans of Cleveland wanted to see him hug Kyrie? Yeah, because they were like, even when I said that, when they announced his name, they booed him, but they were being like how Cleveland can be. And like when he brought the ball up the court, they were booing him. And then some dude shattered his leg and broke his ankle, and they were kind of like, all right, we're just going to try to get through this game. I don't. I can't believe that the, the Celtics made it again. They had a chance to win that game. Yeah. If, I played Little League Baseball once, and I think his name was Brian Todd. Throw the ball to him at first base, and he his, his knee just like went the wrong way. And like it made noises. It just sounded like a pop can getting smashed. Like it was just such a gross noise. And we got pummeled. Like, and we, I, sure, we're little kids and everything like that, but it was a travel baseball team that was pretty good. We could not play baseball. It like completely shattered our team for that game. Yeah. So for those guys to be professional athletes with the crowds, it's opening night. The crowd's into it. Then they're out of it. Like you could hear them talking. Like fans were not saying anything. I can't believe the, that Celtics made a game of that. But I think their season's over. They are done. Yeah, that's it's an tough. omen. You're not. Yeah, that's an omen. You're just not gonna. That's you just can't get past that. Yeah. What do you think so, of the NBA so this year? Gross. Um, uh, okay, so I'm excited. I've I've done. I've kept up a bit more to start the season. I usually would have. Uh, this is breaking news on this podcast, Jason. It just happened. Eric Bledsoe said, "I don't want to be here anymore." On his Twitter, wow. Or he said something like, "He's like, I'm not happy here." Something like that. He plays for the Phoenix Suns, everybody. Right. And his coach was fired within five minutes. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, "Whoa!" Like, and I know that he probably already knew about the coach thing going down a little bit. Right. But hey, here's my here's my favorite thing ever. He was the coach for three games. Three and games. They canned his ass. Right. Don't even fire me before the season. What do you? You already know, like, oh, the NBA is so fickle in that sense, and I love that. I mean, dude, I love was that. he going to have to go three and zero to start the season, or he's going to lose his job? I mean, you're always coaching for your job, I guess, but that's extreme. But it didn't set the record. They said in like 1970 something, some coach was canned after one game, and I'm like, I need to know the story about that. That's Phoenix wild. has got a lot of talent. You know, they've got a lot of young talent. Oh my uh, God, yes. And so I think, I think expectations might be a little higher than uh, what their record looked like last year. Oh, but here's why I don't understand that. You, you have to tank in the I, NBA right now. Absolutely. I'll, I know you don't think LeBron's going to win another one, but he'll probably get there again. You at least can say that, right? You, you, he's going to be in the Final Four. At yeah, because the East. Time oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And on the other side, I mean, sure, Golden State's one and two, but that's just dumb. Like, today's, today ESPN was like, the last time they were under 500, I'm like, they're three games in. Shut up. Right. Um, so someone like the Phoenix Suns, you want to get that talent going, but mm-hmm. you don't want to win games. Right. Like you kind of want to tank. You want to be can. shitty, I mean, shitty, shitty, and then a third seed. <laughs> that's and that, and that and that goes back to what I was saying about the Browns. I wish the Browns would go forward on fourth down and never punt. I wish the Browns were honest to their fans. They're like, we are going to fucking suck. We are terrible. So we're just going to do crazy things just because we want that first draft pick and we're going to get a quarterback. So I've liked that part of the NBA, um, just seeing who exactly does give a shit so far. So I, I'm actually going to be all in on the NBA this year. I'm definitely uh, – the players make are so exciting that are coming in now. So it used to be a college kid comes in, and it's like one to two years. You'll see – these kids are ready to go. Yeah. So when they when they hook up with these teams, man, like – have you seen a 76ers game yet? No, I keep wanting cool. to see it. Oh, Lord have mercy. 76ers are going to be a fun. If they can stay healthy, they are going to be fun, fun, fun. 
So let's talk about uh, your favorite part of the NBA. Your Chicago Bulls, who came out swinging. Boy, did they. I, I guess we can say that. So uh, set the scene. Tell me what you're thinking here. I'm thinking that uh, the Bulls are destined to try to lose at least 49 games this year. Uh, I'm hoping more like 60 games so we can get the number one draft pick. But I just got so the you straight. Guys you're going to lose 55 games. I know, but I got the strange suspicion that they're going to freaking do 49 games or something like that and then get a five pick. And it seems yeah. like in the last five drafts, unless you had the one or two pick, nothing else really matters anymore. It's not like the old days when you could have, I mean, it's okay, but let's, let's be realistic. Last few drafts, if you don't have that one or two, you're getting a guy that's probably going to make the team, but not necessarily be an all-star. I want a guy that's going to change the game. I want to draft Shaq. I want to draft. So I, See, I don't, I mean, a poor Zingas one. Guys that are like really good. It's just, I, I think what you're saying is one and three, your lockdown going to be good or one to three, right. four to nine. You're it's going to be a coin flip. You're going to get a Lithuanian guy or right. you're going to get some sophomore from Duke. Right. Right. That's and, pretty much what it comes down to. And you just don't know anymore, you know, and it's, and, and that's fine. But you know, when you have teammates, breaking the jaws of one of the better teammates there. <laughs> it's funny because the, uh, the papers here in Chicago, they're like, well, Mayorkic has been kind of asking for it. He's been the instigator. <laughs> Everybody in has said, yep, he kind of uh, brought this on to himself. Yeah, for those people who don't know, like bull-on-bull bull crime happened, oh. and a, a Bulls player punched and beat up one of the players. He, do, you know, do you understand what happened to his teeth? Oh, yeah. It knocked the entire top off. Like his, he, how do you fix a skull? I, I don't know. It's. Do they like take? Do they have to cut you here? Sorry for everybody. I'm like going above my mustache line. Or do they just go in underneath and put like plates and screws? Like. Well, can I? I know this is going to sound dumb, but uh, recently in wrestling, one of the wrestlers had their teeth knocked up into their head. That's different. I yeah. know, I know, but I'm trying to say they knocked it up in the head and they are able to pull those teeth out and mount it. Oh. So they pulled oh. them down and mounted it. So what I'm, my guess is that in this case, they probably had to maybe crack it and then seal it together. I don't know. It's just, it's asinine. Not only that it happened, but it also happened, I think it was either the day of or the day before the first game of the season. Oh, it was opening day. It was opening day. It was opening day. day. Yeah. A walkthrough practice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is just so great because they'll never know what he said. But dude, it must have been building and building. And that I don't. I, once again, I don't know the guy who who punched. I forget his name, but you know he was like, not today. No. Like he's driving to practice. Like I'm not letting Miocic like say shit to me today. And dude, he how long is Miocic out? Like he's got to be out for six months, weeks. right? Yeah, six to eight weeks. <laughs> the fucking Bulls, man. Oh, it's so funny, man. Oh my god. Right, yeah, so, so the NBA's got so many storylines for that for that reason. Oh, yeah. Every day, the NBA is the ultimate. I feel like I get to know the players a lot better because I think they're the savviest at Twitter. So you get to see a lot more interaction in that sense than, than I think the football side is. And once again, I really think them not wearing a helmet Absolutely. plays so far in. There's, so far in. There's it. less of them, and they don't wear helmets. Yeah. That's it. And each player can affect the game so much more in their position than someone in the NFL. And sorry, I, I, I harp on this a lot. And playoff baseball is fun, but baseball is boring as fuck. Sure. So sure. If, if the top baseball player who's 
Mike Trout. I mean, I think we could argue back and forth. If he walked into a room, nobody would know who he is. Right. No, Chris Bryant. Zero. I know yeah. Right. But, you know, he, the, he's the, dreaming. So. The one thing that I, I, I find interesting is not living in an NBA city and in Columbus, you don't realize how much of an impact the local commercials use. Like oh, the, yeah. the third, players. fourth, and fifth players, right? And the sixth and oh, seventh. Yeah. So they all get you. So they make decent money that way. You don't see that that much in the NFL. Here or there, a little bit, some of these guys get some work. But you're right. They wear a helmet. So when you put a guy that's an offensive lineman up there, that you don't know what he is. I mean, maybe he does a car commercial or something like that. But, you know, the, all these Bulls guys, they all have, whether it's, you know, Al's Beef or, you know, Larry's Windows or whatever, they're all doing local ads. What was so. the one that, wait, what's the one Scotty Pippen did back in the day, the sub shop one? That's the greatest. Oh, yeah. Like, what was that? It's, it's, it's such a good one, man. And it it's like got some innuendo in it oh, about yeah. him having like, oh, it's it's a good one. Big fan of that. So your team fucking sucks. So at least you can pay attention to You know, this is what's funny because I got the uh, new NBA 2K uh, yeah. basketball game, right? So Nerd. What, what's great about it is, is I don't have to worry how good Chicago is right now because it's got all the great teams. So, I mean, like, I don't think I'm ever going to like, it's so hard because I was like, do I want to play with Houston? Because that'd be a fun team to play with. Chris Paul and James Harden, uh, Carmelo. Do I want to go? Out, I mean, do I want to go to the Thunder and play with Carmelo and Hart and, you know, just all the different cool teams that there are right now? Uh, but nope, nope, just got to dial in 95, 96 Bulls, and it's great. Undefeated right now. Woo! Come on. What they, in real life, they went 72 and 2, or 72 and 10. Yeah, yeah. So you better go undefeated. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Especially because I'm you, playing on easy level. I just want to say this too, real quick. You said his name. My least favorite athlete is uh, Chris Paul. Yeah. In all sports put together, my least favorite athlete is Chris Paul. Is that uh, weird? Yeah, maybe. I don't, you he's know. Just an, he's an asshole. We did that uh, just recently, you and I and Mike. We, I had you complete that top 100 quiz. Yeah. How the hell did he get where he was? Wasn't he like in the I, 20s? He was 21. He's yeah. never even been to the, he's never been to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. All of his teammates hate him. Everybody hates Chris Paul. Chris Paul bullies. That's he's now his. Uh, he went in and did the uh, negotiation for the contracts, and he made it so like he his like situation would be one of the best. So the players' association is like a joke. He was just taking care of himself. He when what's his name DeAndre Jordan didn't want to play for didn't want to play with him anymore. Right. He like came and apologized, did all this stuff to get him back. Like we're gonna make you part of the offense. Right. He wouldn't pass the ball. No. I'm like, dude, you're a fucking point guard. So I get because I always tell people at work, don't try your hardest, try my hardest. Uh -huh. Like you, you know, that's just to sure. me. It's like I'll I'll go the extra mile. And Chris Paul does that, but he doesn't know how to like handle everything. I I think Houston's gonna suck. I don't think Houston's gonna do anything. I just, there's not the whole, like, there's not enough balls in the court kind of thing. There's only one ball. Right. I've seen one game, and at one point, there's whoever their backup point, somehow they ended up with three guards on the floor because Harden's, Harden starts going up. The other guy goes, and, and Chris Paul's just slowing the game down. And the other guy's, like, trying to get the ball away from Chris Paul. Like, we're going, man. Like, we are not slowing down. So I, I don't I don't really understand that team and how they're constantly be built. I know you got to build super teams to try to beat the, the Golden State Warriors, but that is not a super team to me that can can handle the Golden State Warriors. They no. can't play defense. Can't Oklahoma play defense. might be able to. Oklahoma can give them a game, I think. 
a game. I, 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 which I never thought I would be saying that Oklahoma. I thought for sure Oklahoma was going to fall off completely off the table. Uh, See, I'm, I'm still not comfortable with having those two guys running together out there and then Melo coming in. Like, it just doesn't it, – it, to me, it's like the Golden State Warriors are a Bugatti. Like, everything fits together and it makes sense. When you see that fucking Honda where some kid like spent an extra like 10 grand on his car and put like a wing on it and there's like weird stickers and shit on it. Right. I feel like that's what these other NBA teams are building. Like these cars that are like, hey man, that car's pretty good. But when you line it up, the, the class uh, the class car is going to be way better than yours with blue lighting underneath of it. Right. That's probably my, oh, hey, and the Whistlers back in the day. I used to love the Whistlers. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, it'll be an interesting season. I, I enjoy the NBA. I don't watch it as much as I did when I was younger, but I still, I think it, the problem here is that there's really only about, a, you know, eight teams that I really care about, and then the rest. I really think the NBA needs to drop about four or five teams, make the talent better, shorten the yeah. season. I think that's too long. I think this should be in the 55-game range season like that. Mm-hmm. 72 is or whatever it is 84 games is a lot of games uh yeah, they do 82 i think it should i think there should be 72 yeah but I, I just but then records come into play that's where people go like well the bulls and the how would you ever I'm mark sure. these next teams that come up but yeah i mean they've, they've done a lot to help with the the day and night games and all the travel they've, they've opened all those up because the back-to-backs used to be a betting man's dream and now those are going to kind of go away but right uh the only thing that then there's the one part, and I know all there'll be a lot of people who will comment on this, is that the uh, the NBA and when it is like game 35, <sighs> there's a whole lot of I don't give a shit going on on the court. A whole you lot know, of when, it. When there is when there's no intensity, there can be no intensity in the basketball game. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, NBA playoff basketball, awesome. Yeah. Middle of the season NBA basketball. Eh. Even NBA basketball and like when it's like a 40 point blowout, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, because like everybody's watching. Once again, it's a fun Twitter night. Like I love, I love that right there. So, so let me give you here a, a real quick update. OJ is in Naples, Florida, right now. Just bullshit. No, he is. So, oh my God, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Wait no, a no. minute, hold on. And Steffi is in Naples. You got Am it. Am I right on this? You got it. If anybody fits the profile of the kind of lady OJ is looking for, it's Steffi. <laughs> Well, let's you might have another hurricane going through going through down there. Watch out! That's just at least she's in a gated community. <laughs> Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Isn't Brentwood a gated community? She lived in like an apartment that had a gate out front, but not a gated. Oh, community. I know. I saw the gate when I saw the the everything else that went down. Yeah. So. Oh wow! Well, at least we know where he's at. Yep. I mean, we got to keep that up. Yep. This, by the way, we I didn't think this whole show would be complete sports. So apologies to. People out there who don't really like sports, but sometimes we got to get the, you got to get it out like this. There's a lot of sports going on. Yeah, uh, I think it was uh, a couple days ago when the Cubs played, Blackhawks played, Bulls played, and there was pro football all on the same day. It was a Thursday, yeah. so that was, was the so- all four major sports were playing. Uh, that happens yeah. uh, once, sometimes twice a year, but usually just once yeah. a year. So yeah. Interesting. So that kind of brings us to after all the sports, I feel like uh, we've overdone it on sports. So our draft is sports related, but I guess we'll just have to tell you, yeah. right? Might as well. We got to do some more sports. 
Yeah. And but, I got But I, after but after the draft we have a segment about sports too. Yeah. Well, I do have one. So, and, net worth. Yeah, sports. I thought oh, okay. I'd take it upon myself to bring the net worth person on. Whoa. Yeah, I never wow. Okay. Okay. So let's Okay, so the dude's draft this week, we're going to do our favorite basketball players of all time. So that means for me and Jason, it is the player that we enjoy watching play basketball. We're not saying he averaged 24 points a game. We're not getting into that shit. And it, it, here's the three rules, I think. Uh, it has to be somebody who we saw play basketball, so I can't be talking Bob Cousy. Right. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson are all out. Correct. LeBron James is not on my list. Is that That's my rule. So, Not on my list. No, I I really like how this is going so far. <laughs> you I have the first I, pick. Yeah, I do. Okay. So when I thought of this, I just thought, hey, there's something going on. What player would make me stop what I'm doing to make me turn on the TV and watch it? The first thing when I thought that, I thought of NBA on NBC. The best music ever. Loved it. There was one player who captured my imagination as a kid because he wasn't copying what Michael Jordan did. Not saying everybody copied Michael Jordan, but it was just came out of nowhere. His personality was through the roof. Did he always play to 100%? Never, probably in his career. Um, my number one favorite player to watch, Shaquille O'Neal. I don't one. think you saw that. I, I don't think you saw this one coming at all. It was my number um, one. It was? Okay. Yeah. And I want to just act like Shaq on the Lakers never happened. We'll take all of his championships and we'll just put those to the side for a little bit. Shaq on the Landor Magic, if you guys oh. can go back and YouTube some of it, he would run the fast break by himself. He'd, oh, be, yeah. going, he'd be dribbling through his legs. Every single week he made rip down a rim. He made it his thing, ripping down. That was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Thunder Dunk. Uh, Daryl Dawkins. That was Daryl Dawkins' thing. Like No one could get that away from him. Shaq, a big guy like that, was, and don't get me wrong, when he was dunking, he was pulling on the rim a little bit, but who gives a shit? The man was taking structures down. Right. Um, and he had movies, he had the smile. Shaq played every single card right. And he was super nice to the Orlando Magic team. And then as soon as free agency came, he was like, I am going to Los Angeles. And I think that is one of the best moves ever. Now, I don't, I wish they would have kept that team together in Orlando. And the biggest problem with Shaq is I don't think he ever went above 90% if it wasn't a playoff game, other than that game where he scored 60 points on his birthday as a Laker. One of the greatest games of all time. It's on NBA Rewind every once in a while. But, uh, yeah, Shaq was so much fun. Yeah, it's what's a shame about that is, and I think Orlando kind of is getting the short end of the stick because I think what happened is they messed that up. Orlando did. They They did not maximum contract, if you remember, this is the yeah. prime of my thing. That's when Zoe got that huge contract in Charlotte, which was significantly more. So then Shaq asked for that contract to match Zoe's and be a dollar more because he wanted to be the highest paid center in the league. That took him a little time to put that offer together. During that little bit of time, Jerry West swooped in and made that little contract significantly larger. I think over $20 million more than what Zoe was getting. Uh, and there was just no going back at that point. I mean, he got lewd, you know, wooed by Hollywood, uh, which he should, cause he's a great personality, everything about him. But there's something to be said when you just talk pure basketball, when Shaq was dominating, 
he was awesome because every game changed because teams could not play one-on-one. They could barely play two-on-one, and you're right. When he would grab those rebounds and start dribbling out, oh, so much fun. So. I always think that what would be a crazy thing is if you got peak young Shaq, who was a terrible free-throw shooter and all that stuff, and you put him on the court just for a little bit in Draymond's spot on this Warriors team. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Because he didn't need the ball down low. No, no. Like he would get, he'd get to his spots when he needed it. But Shaq was about the team when he was a Magic player. Now I think, I think the Kobe thing kind of threw things off once you got to the Lakers. But yeah. And and by the way, what a name. Yeah. What a name. I mean, you see kids now named Shaq that are coming through, going to the NFL and stuff like that. It's like that's all based on him. And I think that that's really cool. Well, I'm going to take an interest. What's that? By the way, we have a whole round of kids named Kanye coming soon. So I just want to go ahead and warn. I want to go ahead and warn you of that. I already saw two high school kids that are coming up that are recruited pretty high, and their names are Kanye. And I'm like, I got a problem with that. But go yeah. ahead. Well, I got an interesting named guy. I also have a center. Since you took my Shaq pick. Oh, you're going to go with him this early. I'm shocked by this. I was going Shaq number one. Yeah. I know who, but I know who you're picking now. So, honestly, I, you know, even though I'm a small by NBA stature. When I played basketball, I always played inside. Love the inside guys. Um, and there was one guy who had, to me, the most spectacular inside game that blew Shaqs out of the water, blew everybody out of the water. It was Sweet the most, uh, I mean, and to me, watching Hakeem Olajuwon play was worthy of changing the channel to watch a bad basketball game that had him in it versus kind of a Lakers-Celtics game that would be going on, which would be great if you could watch yeah. the dream play. Oh, and you didn't get a lot of them because Houston at the time, finally they stepped up a little when they brought in uh, Clyde Drexel, that kind of stuff. But really, Hakeem was the master. Still today, to me, the most impressive big man I've ever seen play from a skills standpoint. Uh, he didn't change. He didn't have as big as impact on a single game like Shaq did. But just what he – I mean – the dream shake. Oh my God. I loved watching that. So he's going to go in my number one spot. And he's tried to teach the dream shake to more people. No one ever can get exact. It can't get it exactly right. Right. Did not touch a basketball until he was 17 years old. Right. Did not even it just played soccer. And he was like seven, six played soccer. Um, and he is in one of the greatest sports. What if conversations, Absolutely. which is, if Michael Jordan didn't retire, could Jordan have beaten the Houston Rockets right. two straight years when they swept? And by the way, I think the Rockets would have got him in one. Um, I think they would have too, because that was the, the that was the perfect way to beat a, a Bulls-driven team at that point was big inside play, big guard play, and they had freaking uh, alien eyes with that could Sam shoot. Cassell. Sam Cassell could shoot the lights out back then. So you had you had Kenny Clyde, Smith. Kenny, Charles. Uh, Hakeem, oh my God, that teams, those teams are so good. Uh, they were loaded. Yeah. Don't forget, you're forgetting one big name on that team. Hort. Big shot, Bobby. Big shot, Bobby. Yeah. Oh nice yeah. yeah. He, he, one of his seven titles that he won, he was hitting three pointers in those finals. Too, it seemed so. like every time he won a title, there's always this shot where they're zoomed all the way out and it's the entire stadium and it's him letting it go and everybody jumping up. Cause he always hit them at home too. You what a career. Oh, yeah. yeah. What a career. Yeah. Yeah. Robert Horry's career is actually that guy should have a book. He's not on the top one hundred list. No, no, well he shouldn't be. But, <laughs> but as Chris far Paul as being is. in the right spot at the right time, and that's like you, and he was a great locker room guy. Yeah, yeah. He didn't make my list. So, 
Um, also, another funny one with Hakeem that his name is misspelled on his rookie card. Yeah, yeah, good call. Like how it, in the beginning he was Akeem, and Akeem, now he's Hakeem. Yeah. I like that. Uh, okay, so we're uh, we go with the big guys in the beginning there. My number two, uh, we met him in college basketball. We knew of him because of his dad. Um, and now you, you just can't miss the show. Steph Curry. Yeah. I mean, the dude could be shooting at the park down the street from me and I'd, I'd go watch like, and it's weird because we, we love Michael Jordan's and Vince Carter's of the world because of how they move themselves in air and dunk the ball, Dr. J. And now you have this assassin point guard where, or shooting guard, point, whatever you want to call him where he can be 44 feet out and he's getting into his own range to shoot a basketball. Right. It's like, it's like watching tiger advance golf, like Steph Curry single-handedly. Now I don't know if this is good or bad. I'm not saying it's good or bad. Um, cause he does take shots where they're pointless. And now you see in the college game, kids taking three pointers where it's like, what are you doing now? They're hitting some of them. So it's important. And when you think of Dr. Mike's kids, I mean, they're automatically they're Steph Curry kids. Like they right. think just like Steph Curry, where they can get to the lane. Well, Steph Curry's got moves to get to the lane too, but that guy is gonna play in the NBA for 21 years because he can just sit in the corner and shoot threes. Sure. So for me, um, I don't think we've seen peak Curry yet, but I will turn the channel to watch Steph Curry play basketball for sure. Not on my list. Um, I agree with about everything you said. Two things that I have a little issue with with Steph Curry, and not his game, but what you're saying is how he drives people. Now these kids are taking these 28-foot, 31-foot jump shots and all that. The one thing that's missing that is completely gone away now is the 15-foot jump shot. No one can seem to hit it anymore. Um, Analytics. There's no reason to hit it. I understand, but I think it it takes a big part of the game out. But I will give you as much credit. Steph Curry – what he does with the basketball for what he was given naturally from size and all that is amazing. His, his range is unheard of, like nothing else I've ever seen. Uh, and his ability to drive the ball and take advantage, that's great. Um, and you're right. I probably would have had him more on my list if there just weren't so many players. You know, yeah. and, and I guess he kind of, when you say go back and look at, when I look at all the players, I remember being in high school you know, locking myself in my room so I could watch these games, you know, and that's back when it wasn't on all the time, right? You had the NBC Sunday things. Then you started to get the TNT Tuesday night thing, which was pretty cool. But so now it's like with NBA ticket, you can watch every game every time. So it just doesn't, I'm not drawn as much, but I think it's a great pick Steph Curry. Now I'm, I went, by the way, by the way, Steph Curry's mom. Hi. What's What's up? How you doing? I will tell you this. I, I, I did, uh, go the same direction in my second pick. Um, okay. To me, never always liked his attitude. <laughs> God knows he didn't like practice. Hmm. But when Allen Iverson was on the court, oh my God, was that fun to watch. There was a point where Allen Iverson was by far the best player in the NBA. And he was unstoppable from a scoring. What Steph Curry is to scoring today Allen Iverson was that to score in the nineties. He and with was, with his height, with his height, a, and ugh. I mean, he played like he was seven foot tall. He had zero hesitation driving the lane. His skills were out of sight. Uh, he was the probably in my lifetime the greatest small man scorer ever. I mean, for somebody that was 
you know, six foot and under. He was just spectacular. Uh, and I loved watching him. I didn't like his teams because uh, yeah. when he was in Philly, you know, I was a Bulls fan, so not a big fan. But I would stop and change the channel to watch games with him on him. No, I, could, I have no argument back. Um, his Reebok shoes, the first answer ones, amazing. The AI. They came out with, oh. Yeah, they came out with the second pair, amazing. So that's big into what I'm going to look at it. Um, they had a million different uniforms in his time with the Sixers, which I also like. And uh, the guy just gave it all. Like, you can never say that AI took a night off. No, never. I mean, that, mean, that also means with, like, drinking and drugs. Like, I think he was always on something – and he just went, he's a guy who lives his life 100 miles per hour. Yeah. So AI on my list. So you you got one, not in my top five, but you got one of my guys. All right. So, Feeling good about that. My fallbacks. Okay. For me, not a, f- okay, this is weird because I'm not really a fan of one side of this guy's game. But if I needed to win a game, I'd if I needed to win a war, he'd be in my bunker. He definitely, definitely makes me watch and there's no doubt about that russell westbrook i know i'm going with two newer guys here right but westbrook now i think the whole triple double thing's stupid um him just stealing rebounds from forwards that are trying to get money too and then like him calling off like steven adams so he can get a board so he can try to get this elusive triple double which wasn't even a thing until Magic Johnson. So way back in the day, no one gave a shit about triple-doubles. Um, I think that's kind of asinine. But from hoop to hoop, when he gets a ball, when he gets a board, and everybody goes, oh, shit, Russell's going to go and try to dunk on us, nobody can get back in time, and you see the fear coming. And when everybody gets out of the way, and he's going too fast. Every time Russell Westbrook goes to dunk, in my mind, I'm like, he's going too fast to dunk it. And then it is just a monstrous dunk. And he's so athletic, the fact that he doesn't get injured, knock on everything, just blows my mind. I don't think there's ever – I think he's the most athletic player in the NBA ever. And – sorry, LeBron. And I think he's the answer to USA uh, soccer. <laughs> I think if Russell Westbrook just got, got put out there and ran around, I think he'd find a way to score a goal every single game. I truly believe that. <laughs> But I do think he's the greatest athlete that has ever played. And for if you take size, everything in, I think he's the greatest athlete ever to play in the NBA. Really? Yeah. Truly believe that. Huh. Okay. That's a hot for, for everybody out there who doesn't know NBA too well. That's a hot take because most people will build LeBron fort and won't come out of it. But I think, I think he's just a little bit more athletic than LeBron is. Wow. Okay. Not on my that list. Not on your list. There was no way that was on your list. No. So. No. All right. But I give you props. My uh, third pick. Uh, actually, I started liking this guy well before his NBA career. Uh, I liked him in college. Uh, and I guess I always associated with his game. I think if you were to compare games, my game probably echoes this guy's game more than just about anyone else's. Uh, he was known as the round mound of rebound. I was going to say Chuck. Oh, <laughs> and uh, just his ability. When you talk about Shaq grabbing the ball and, and dribbling down the court, Barkley would do the same thing, but he would do it thinking he was seven foot. Yeah. Uh, also thinking he was six one, <laughs> but it turns yeah. out he's six five. 
and he's going at about 100 miles per hour, and he probably weighs 320 at this point, and, he's and he's dunking it. Uh, or, God forbid, he pulls up and hits a three-pointer. <laughs> so, yeah. um, loved watching him. I, I'm not taking in consideration how much I enjoy him on uh, the TNT show, the NBA show. I love listening to Chuck. I love his points of views. He's just always very open. He's got a great sense of humor out of all those. Whether Some people like him. Some people hate him. But I really enjoy him. I'm not taking any of that into consideration. I'm just talking about the pure game that he used to play. Uh, when he was in Philly, he was awesome. Uh, but he elevated his game to MVP status when he was in Phoenix. Uh, you know, And if it wasn't for Mike Jordan, uh, I think Charles would have had a ring. <laughs> You know, I think there's a lot of great players that never would never got a ring because Michael Jordan lived, right? So, um, but of all those players, Charles is one of the few that I absolutely stop and love to watch play, uh, and he uh, continues to be a huge impact in the basketball world today, just with his commentary. But his games are awesome. So, Chuck is my third pick. I like it. I mean, the round mound or rebound I, that didn't make one of our uh, nickname lists, which is yeah. kind of crazy. It's yeah. one of the best nicknames of all time. I just always remember Chuck with the gold chain in the Sixers uniform. So oh, in the yeah. Sixers Absolutely. uniform, like, way too, 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 too tight. And he had gold chains. <laughs> and oh, he had a little curly God. hair. Like he had yeah, just a little yeah, patch yeah. of hair that stuck out. Yeah. He's so much fun. He's the only guy that would stand up to Michael Jordan, right. which is the only reason that he's Michael Jordan's best friend because they respect each other. Right. Because Chuck never bowed to the throne or anything like that, which I always liked. And uh, if you watch any of the documentaries from the Dream Team, clearly, I mean, he's beloved by his peers. Yeah, absolutely. Every single person on that trip wanted to spend time with Charles. Charles was just walking around in Barcelona doing his thing, and they all wanted to be part of the, the, the show with Charles even more to be than someone Michael Jordan who they all found out was just an asshole that wanted to kill them all. Right, so. right, exactly. All righty, you're four. Uh, so this is a, just a time period for this guy. Um, that time period is shocking that this guy is still in the NBA, but Vince Carter. He's on my list, yeah. Uh, yeah, just, he just did things we didn't think were possible. Um, did Vince always have the best jump shot? No. Was he lazy in certain aspects in his life? Yes. Now he's the exact opposite, saying that he's still in the NBA. This I remember Vince Carter in 1997 dunking against Duke, and I was in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And this guy still fucking plays in the NBA. Like, Productively. crazy to me. Productively oh, yeah, plays yeah. in the NBA. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. He, and you see the videos of him in practice, and he's throwing down some good dunks. Yeah. Uh, he, in the Toronto uniform that he wore when he did a dunk contest, it's such a dope uniform. Um, he had just such a good vibe for him. I just, once again, I look at it on the Shaq side of things where I don't think he, he ever played 100%. He had a lot of knee injuries later on, right. so I don't think he ever got to where he, what he could have been. But pure, just all just about fun, Vince Carter was so much fun to watch play basketball in his prime. Yeah, I, I, I've got him in there because from the dunk contest to just there was times when, the, when he was with uh, McGrady in Toronto. Yes. For that little window. They were cousins. They're cousins. They're cousins. Right. Craziest story. And that was so fun watching those games. It, yeah. it, they didn't. I mean, I think I think they were a playoff team. Yeah, uh, they had a. They he did miss like a big big time playoff shot for them one time, and it was yeah. kind of like that's when they broke the whole team up. But right. yeah, yeah. But uh, it was man, young though. Yeah, so. yeah. Amazing. They still playing today. I'm glad you took him because yeah. I had a couple guys I was debating, and I was going to be disappointed if I didn't take him and he didn't make the list. But I, I'm glad you had him. That's a great pick. 
I'm going to take a strange one then for you. Yep. Uh, since we can't take magic, and everybody knows I'm a, a, a Michael Jordan fan. I love Larry Bird. I even if like you magic. take Irving Johnson here, I swear to fuck, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm taking, I started to think all the stuff that I lost by not being able to pick magic. And I yeah. said, where filled that hole that magic gave to me? And it's a little different, right? I'm not talking about a scoring, there's leadership or anything. I loved watching Steve Nash play. Wow. The way he passed the ball, especially early on, reminded me of some of the assists that Magic did. Like, if, if you know me and know me about basketball, my favorite part of basketball is a beautiful assist. It's my favorite thing. It's how I love to play. I, I would much prefer to throw a pass than ever score a bucket, and especially if it's yeah. pretty, especially if the other guy doesn't see it coming and – and the team looks lost as the ball slides through the little hole that no one else saw, and then you get a guy yeah. left. And Steve Nash used to deliver some of the most awesome passes I'd ever seen. And I loved watching him play. His attitude was, I mean, for a Canadian soccer guy, it's kind of amazing. But he's one of the best players in the history of the NBA, I believe, a top 100 player. Um, his assists were amazing. He was a great scorer, too. Uh, just a goofy all-around guy. But I loved watching him play. So he made my list. He was like my, he's like ninth on my list. But since you've taken some of mine, he's moved up. So I'm glad I could pick him. I think his two MVPs are bullshit. I will say that. I don't think he deserves his MVPs. Um, I think Shaq and Kobe of course. just took But Michael Jordan should have had every MVP for every season he only, played. It just doesn't work that way. Well, he only lost one, and it was the Barkley. And Barkley had that amazing year in 95. He lost more than one, my friend. He got one. He got it every year that he won the championship. Right. Not every year he won the championship. No, Carl. No, Carl Malone stole one from him. Yeah. Carl Malone stole one in 97. It wasn't Barkley. Sorry. 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 Wait. No, Barkley. Anyways, that's boring podcasting right there, but it's one of those two. Yeah. But but, but yeah, I I loved watching Steve Nash play because I was trying to think of other guards that gave me that same satisfaction of. Yeah. incredible passing and that kind of stuff. And really, I just kept going because I thought about kid for a while. I was, mm. I was like Jason kid, but I mean, he was, but to me, no one delivered the ball with more class than magic. And then it's just, it's just, a, but Kurt is, or I'm uh, sorry. Uh, Nash doesn't make me change the channel to go see him play. Okay. So I understood. I don't know. You're this a racist. One is from the, <laughs> this is from the clouds. Oh yeah. And I'm going to do it my best. Giannis Antokipo. Whatever. The Greek freak? The Greek freak. I am so in, like, I even in our texting last year before the NBA All-Star game, I was like, there's only one guy I want to see in this NBA All-Star game. It's the Greek freak. Like, he's just so, he's an alien. Have you seen the photo of his hands? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's insane. His hands are two times the size of my hands. And it's just, he doesn't even know how good he is. He has no concept. If LeBron had any brains... He wouldn't go to L.A. He'd go to Milwaukee. You go play. You go up there and go play with that guy. All right. That guy is a champion. That whole That's team. The, yeah. That whole uh, team could be at the next run of championships. Oh, yeah. And I don't think. I think Milwaukee can keep it together for one reason for a while. And that's Jason Kidd. Right. Because he's like, hey, guys, I've been there. I've seen it. Believe in the process of staying in Milwaukee. But most people are going to want to go to, like, one of the big cities. Right. And I think at some point the Greek freak's going to do that. But. I mean, the guy, he, he, he's got an amazing handle. He's got a pretty good shot, a lot to work on, but it's not that bad. 
and his dunks come from out of the sky. Yeah. Like, it, it, he just dunks the ball in areas that make no sense. And then the All-Star game, it looked like a young Kevin Gar- Garnett in All-Star games where he was just dunking, and the players were like, because usually in the NBA, they like, or in the All-Star game, they get out of your way. They didn't even know he was about ready to dunk it, so they couldn't get out of his way because he comes from such weird angles. And once again, it, it can't be in our uh, nickname uh, world yet, but the Greek Freak is a yeah, that's Great. a stellar ass nickname. So at the, I'm just I want to put him on the list right now because he's and I didn't want to bring him up earlier because I knew we were doing this list. He's the most exciting thing in the NBA for me right now. Yeah, I I would say it's funny because Anthony Davis was right. They got riddled yeah. with little injuries. Yeah, yep. on a horrible team in the Pelicans. Um, and honestly, I, I, if given the ability to draft uh, between the Greek Freak and Anthony Davis, I still take Anthony Davis because I think there's better upside there. But the Greek Freak is making huge strides in the last two years. Uh, just amazing what he's pulled off. So I, I agree with you. He's one of the most, if not the most exciting player to watch right now. The problem is you're only going to watch him get their team losses by 15 points against any, you know. So what team. I did is I, I put the I put the Milwaukee Bucks as my favorite team on my ESPN account. Right. And then I saved their, like, uh, thing on the, the on the toolbar. So every day I'm just checking out on the Milwaukee Bucks just so I can see, like, highlights of his. Because clearly he's not some guy I'm going to see all the time. But even, like, those little highlights you see are like, my God, like, if this guy figures out like three more things, right? It's just scary what he's going to be able. Not only demand money wise, but uh, he he kind of has like a Tim Duncan yeah. vibe to him, where he's like he doesn't need the spotlight. He doesn't really care about being, uh, you know, something like LeBron, where it's like, oh, check out my Instagram. I'm I'm in the gym. He's not that guy at all. So it's like, oh, if you could bottle all this together and just get two more years away from this Golden State run that's going on. This guy could be the answer to the next who's going to be the next MVP of the NBA. That's hmm. not named LeBron, Durant, or Curry. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Left a lot of guys on the table for you there, Jason. Yeah, and of course my you'll have no connection to the, my next pick. Zero. Right. You're going to be like, "Who is that guy?" But the reason I'm a Bulls fan is very, very simple. That has nothing to do with Michael Jordan. I became one of the few fans of the Bulls earlier than Jordan showed up. And it's because the big O, Orlando Woolridge, played there. Yeah, I know who that is, yeah. And when he played, he was or he was Chicago's answer to Daryl Dawkins. He was just a hard-ass dunker who yeah. was one of my favorite players. Absolutely one of the top five favorite players that I ever had. But it's when I was like six years old. Like, that's when I started watching the Bulls, before Jordan showed up and all that. You know, there was, I think, one, maybe two seasons where Jordan and, and Orlando were on the same team. I think it was the first, yeah, I think their first season. I think that first season was it, yeah. And, yeah. man, I loved watching him play because he was so hard. He went hard at all the time. And then he got traded, and I just kind of stopped watching him. And then Jordan, of course, showed up. But for me, what really drew me in the NBA uh, was watching Orlando Warge because I always rooted for teams from Chicago. I was always a Cubs fan and a Bulls or and a Bears fan. So then I had to figure out who the basketball team was when I was young, and it yeah. wasn't back then. There wasn't a whole lot of access to it. There was only 
the NBA on NBC really early. And I just remember watching Orlando Woolridge play, and he was wearing the Bulls uniform. He was from Chicago, and I felt like, that's my dude. And so I just yeah. loved watching him play. So way out in left field, but if I was trying to be honest with myself, one of the reasons I started watching basketball at the pro level was for Orlando Woolridge. Of course, I got sucked in then because I got Jordan right after that, and life became pretty good for a while. So. Um, well, I know, I, the reason I know Woolridge later played for the Lakers, but um, right, it, number zero, right, big the big the guys, eye. guys who are the number zeros, you never fucking forget those guys. No, never, never. That's I why. Just, you know, I, the other day, someone was like Eric Montross, and I was like, double zero, zero. double zero. Yep. Those guys always stay in your mind. So, uh, just to clean up my list of people I had left, I had Kobe with the asterisk with the number eight by it. I don't want to. The twenty four. Kobe 24 was Michael Jordan. I'd already seen it. Like right. I know it wasn't as good as Michael Jordan. Kobe, young Kobe, I thought was really amazing to see. Um, Larry Johnson when I was a kid. Yeah, Larry Grandma. Johnson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Um, I didn't get this guy on the list because I had Shaq, but Anthony Hardaway yep. was really a big one for Penny, me. Um, awesome. and, little, and Little Penny would have been a lot of fun right. to talk about. Um, and then I had to put it, it, Kevin Durant. I mean, I know now it's kind of like it's a package deal. Mm-hmm. So the Curry thing, like you, you just want to see that whole team. Right. But uh, early Durant, I mean, when they it was him, Harden, and Westbrook running around, Lord have mercy. There was remember that the year where they had the lockout and he went for like sixty five at oh, um yeah. at the uh, in New York City, and then mm-hmm. when they finally came back, he had like five straight games of fifty points, and he was just he just completely got in his zone in that time period. You, it was you. I would not miss one of those games. I would do anything. To, I went to a weird bar that had like NBA access. And I was like, I don't even care. Like, I have to go there to go <laughs> see that game. So that's who I had left on my on my squad. So. Left on my list is Tim Hardaway with the old UTEP two step. UTEP two step. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, '90s version of Steph Curry, but I would say more of a killer, Mr. Reggie Miller. No. Oh, my God. Reggie just freaking killed. Uh, I mean, yeah. I can't. His range I can't. Was, I can't with Reggie. Wow. I love Reggie. Loved watching him play. <laughs> then uh, two others. Kevin McHale. His inside play was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then Scottie Pippen. Um, I know he was always Michael Jordan's, you know, running mate and all that. But Pippen – Put together some amazing games and had some amazing dunks. Uh, loved watching him play, but I'm yeah. sure a lot of it was due to that he was running next to Michael Jordan. Um, but yeah, Anthony Hardaway. I, uh, or yeah, Anthony Hardaway. Penny. That's a great one of the one. greatest. Yeah, that's the greatest. What if? The, the greatest what is if, if if Shaq stays there and Penny doesn't get hurt. Uh, well, I mean, the, and the Nick Anderson hits that free throw. Is it Nick Anderson missed that free throw? Missed all three. Yeah, missed the free throw. That would have moved him, and that's that broke that team up, right? So, wow. Yeah, they had fucking Dennis Scott. Oof, they were loaded, man. Horace Grant. Yeah. yeah. They, they all, they, all that happened has been they they misdiagnosed injury, man. They fucked Anthony over. Yeah. He was never the same, but he still had a legit career, man. He was a fun guy to watch, man. Can I just Memphis? I, I appreciate the draft, but I just got. Uh, a post that shows Mike Weber wearing a cast right now. Did something happen to Mike Weber? No idea. Huh. I don't know. I, I got my eyes on our other running back. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. You want to do a net worth uh, yeah. completely out of left field? Cause I have no idea. And I just thought of it when we were doing all this NBA and I've been playing the 
the Xbox 2K game, right? Here's yeah. the guy, Ernie Johnson. $20 million. Huh. Okay. No, I'm not even going to think about it. Ernie Johnson, one of my favorite people in sports, by the way. Okay. I think $20 million is a great guess, actually, because that's about where I was at. I was thinking, you know, it's somewhere between 20 and $25 million, so I'll, I'll take my upside. I'll take 25 All right. All right. I, I have no clue. So why don't you tell us what's going on at the tailgate while I look this up? Yeah, so uh, this week, Jason's coming into town. Um, we're going to try to link up with Gus. I mean, hopefully, guys, we can have Gus on the pod next week. It's no promises. You know, I, I talked about it last time. We want to do like a 10-minute interview with him, you know, actually ask sports questions, but ask different sports questions. Um, and then Saturday for the actual tailgate, we've got uh, a little hookup going on with my buddy, once again, Paul, from uh, Yellow Springs uh, Brewery. And we're going to have some uh, meat smoking from the sounds of it, Jason. Am I right on that? And then we're going to have some beers being brewed or something. Like, That's I don't what even it sounds know like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard yeah, a whole so, bunch of stuff, but yeah. So the tailgate's going to be pretty wild. And there's going to be like cameras there recording. And that, that never goes good. So maybe we make our own little area for our podcast and be like, hey, no one can come in this area. This is our podcast area. Okay. We're not going to do a live podcast from. No, but we just be like, hey, we need an area. And then we just like, just don't even bring anything. Okay, great. I think like, that's this, perfect. This is our area. They can just like use chalk and chalk it off. Nice. Awesome. You won't believe this. And I don't believe this. This is the problems of celebrity net worth. They say his average salary is $300,000 a year. I can't believe that. Okay. I can't believe he only makes $300,000. He, he's on everything. And they yeah, say his estimated look. net worth is $1.5 million. Huh. I just don't believe it. I looked at like rates. three different ones and they all said 1.5 million. You want to know a cool fact about him? What's that? He only wears a bow tie when he's doing basketball. Right. So if he's doing any other sport, he wears a tie. Yeah. Like that is such an interesting, and like to balance, to be, I mean, we, so people who don't listen to sports, I don't know how you've gotten through this whole podcast, but. Um, you haven't, you turned it off a long yeah, time ago. Yeah. But I mean, he's on stage with, I mean, with Shaq and, Charles. I mean, it is a racial show that they have, man. I mean, they talk about everything going on in the world. And Ernie navigates it with such grace oh, yeah. and ease. I mean, the guy is just so poetic. And when he, I mean, when he kicks in his two cents, it makes them think. And I'm like, man, that is awesome. Because most of these shows you watch, they're just reading the teleprompter. They're just going through the motions. That man doesn't. Get that man a raise, TPS. I'm pissed. 1.5? Jesus Christ. That's, that's terrible. All right. So next week, podcast from columbus might have special guests we might not we might have a uh but we're going to try to do it friday so we won't know the outcome of the game yeah shit i didn't even think of that yeah all right we'll figure it out well maybe we'll do we'll maybe we'll do a wrap like a small 10 minute wrap up special edition on sunday or something on monday yeah we just just wrap up the game sunday everything happened i'm leaving monday morning so let's do it sunday okay cool All right. Yeah. So, yeah, look out and hopefully uh, everybody, fingers crossed. Episode 16 is now over. Follow us on Twitter at Two Guys Being Dudes, at JBCam, III, and at JFrost. Follow on Instagram at Two Guys Being Dudes. Visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Two Guys Being Dudes and on the web at www.com. Two guys being dudes.com.